Welcome to She Gets It Podcast. These are my thighs. You at the right place, my place, this show, She Gets It Podcast. Let's go. So, welcome to She Gets It Podcast. This is a place where everything is possible to be spoken about, okay? I have no boundaries. This is pure freedom here, okay? That's enough warning. The topic is... What is the value of the black man in America? Like, I've been listening and I've been watching the news and I've been watching videos and I've been reading posts about, you know, this whole trial with this officer going into a man's home and murdering him while he's eating his ice cream, minding his business. I, um, I'm really not one to sit in front of a television and watch news to put fear in me and to put fear in my family of moving about in America, because that's, to me, it's counterproductive, like, it's not helping, because at the end of the day, there's no justice really given compared to a life that a black person has versus anyone else. Uh, coming against them to hurt them. I don't want to talk about the details of what happened. I don't want to get into, you know, is it enough? Why were they forgiven? Why did the, the judge do this? You know, what was the sentencing? I'm just really trying to understand what is the value of a black man's life. And when I say a black man's life, or what is the value of a black man, I'm talking about people of a darker skin tone other than white, other than Anglo-Saxon living in America. And I think when it comes from priority to who is to be treated with care, is always white, light skin tones at the top, then you have Asians, then you have um, Indians from the Middle East, then you have uh, foreigners from other countries to the West, then you have, uh, let's say, south of the border foreigners then you might have um, Native Americans either way how you trickle it down people of a darker skin tone brown people Black people, light brown people, dark brown people, we are always at the bottom of priority. We are always subject to shoot to kill. Not shoot to disarm, not try to see if we could tackle him, not let's reach for the taser, not let's shoot in the leg, let's shoot in the arm, not, um, oh, we have 15 police officers and all of our guns are drawn. Uh, this person has no weapon showing. 
This person is on foot. This person has no car. This person is standing still and his hands are up or her hands are up. Next move, let's shoot. Like, why is that the go-to when you see other, you know, cultures of people being, uh, that are chasing police officers and they're not shooting? You see them tackling police officers and they're not shot, they're not tased. You see them yelling at police officers, coming at them um, aggressively, and they live to see the next day. They walk out of that police station on bail. Why are we still subject as like bait or target practice? Or let me see how does this gun shoot? Let me see what kind of holes it's going to leave in a human body. This is a great target practice person. What is the value of a black man's life in 2019 living in America? I I really want to know because I don't understand it. I think black men in America are looked at as police targets. They looked at as other culture targets, meaning when we go into a store, we're looked at as they're going to steal. When we um, take our families into a store, we looked at as we can't afford it. Watch them, follow them, talk to them aggressively, be rude. You don't have to be nice. You don't have to stop what you're doing. You can ignore us. Um, We're looked at as uh, people instantly have an attitude when they see us. People instantly get aggressive when they talk to us. Like, what is that? Women that are of a brown skin tone or another culture talk down to black men. Fathers disown a lot of black men. There aren't a lot of black men who have their fathers in their lives actively. There aren't a lot of black men who show up in their lives later on. My, um, my, one of my oldest brothers, uh, we were talking on Sunday and he said, how would you feel if your father wanted to come into your life after age 40? Like, after you turned age 40, how would you feel? And I said to him, I want to feel any type of way, but I will be just, because I didn't know him, if I were you, I would feel curious as to how did they turn out or what are their characteristics that are similar as mine or what could I possibly look forward to in the future to possibly happen to me because this is my father. Or maybe my children are just looking for a grandfather. So I think he um, came to find out that uh, his father was actually around when he was growing up in Jamaica and would come to the house and fix things, but never stood up and never said, hey, you know, I'm your dad or hey, I have an inkling that I may be your father. And he's saying, basically, he knew all these years and now he wants to show up. And I I can see on my brother's face that he's battling with the fact of, why the fuck should I give you that choice? Why the fuck should I give you that, you know, opportunity? Like, what do you deserve after all this fucking time has passed? And I completely understand it. I get it. 
Um, none of my brothers, um, sh- we don't share the same father. There's five of us. And um, that's his choice. But I think um, his sons are more so, more so pushing him to do it because they want to know, like, their true grandparent. Like, they, they have a grandmother, my mother. But they really want to sh- know, like, the other part of who their father is. And that's... Um, I mean, that's understandable for a kid, but the fact that you knew that there was a chance in all all these years, all these fucking years, you have the fucking nerve to try to get in contact with me to show up. For what? I'm a grown man with my own fucking business, with my kids that are grown damn near, living in a completely different country, and you want to show up. But, you know, that's his choice. But a lot of fathers do that shit. And a lot of fathers have this ego and this pride like, why don't you take me in? Why don't you, why aren't you open arms? Why aren't you running in my direction now? Because he probably spent all those fucking years wanting to run in his father's direction, but nobody was fucking there with open arms. Duh. But, you know, that's a lot... Of what a lot of black and brown men deal with living in America. And then they turn around and they have kids. And they don't really know what it takes to be the best father. I think fathers have two choices when they become fathers who are never fathered. They have a choice to go against the grain and do everything that they wanted. um, You know, from a father as a child with their children or they could try to top their father's ain't shitness and be dickheads and not show up for their children because nobody showed up for them. Those are your two options. Those are your two directions that you could go. And I think a lot of um, brown and black fathers take the easy route, which is not showing up and not being responsible and not um, giving their children the emotional, physical, financial, um, mental love and consideration that their children deserve because they didn't ask to be here, you know, attention. And I think they dip out because it's easier to dip out and ignore the fact that you have a whole fucking human being roaming the earth that needed you all these fucking years and you decide to not show up. Sorry, that shit pissed me off. And then you have black men who are basically the most harassed. Whether you're Puerto Rican, whether you're Mexican, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're you know, from Trinidad, whether you're from Haiti, whether you're from Jamaica, whether you're from Africa, whether, you know, you don't know what country your family roots are in, but you're living in America and your skin is darker than a white man, you're going to deal with being the most harassed by police, by other white men that walk the streets just like you, working a regular job, by white women, by black women, by everybody. You're going to be the most harassed. 
by other black men because they want to fuel their fucking ego to see who's bigger and better than the next person. Like, black men are the most harassed living in America. And then when we take trips outside of America and we go to, like, different countries, other cultures already have a bad feeling and a bad energy about who the fuck we are because they watch TV and they watch the news and they watch how the story is shifted to where, oh, yes, he was shot and killed, but look at his mugshot that he had 15 years ago. Out of all the pictures you could pull up of this man that was shot and killed or harmed or injured on the news, you pull up his mugshot. They always do it. The newspapers do it. The media do it. Online does it. The news do it. Like, they always try to find the worst out of how they can paint a story of who the fuck we are to show the world. So if you continuously see that as a different culture or a different race of a, of people and then you meet a black person, you're automatically going to have this preconceived idea that, hmm, this is who this person is. Hmm, let me hold my bag a little tighter. Let me walk across the street. Let me lock my doors. Let me not be trusting. Let me not go to this black man's business. Let me go over here to this other business. That's automatically going to be in your mind. That's why, you know, when you're a brown skin or quote unquote black, because I don't feel like anybody is black, so I don't know why the fuck we have that as a way to describe who we are, but okay. I feel like when, you know, we go places, we have to be on the up and up every time. And when I say up and up, we have to make sure... We look tidy. We have to make sure, you know, we look presentable. We have to make sure we look good. We have to make sure, you know, our clothes are clean. Our, clo- our clothes are ironed. Our, our hands are clean. We have to make sure our hair is pulled back so it doesn't come off very aggressive looking. We have to make sure, like, our hair is not, you know, big and out and commanding attention in the room we have to make sure we are very polite and we say please and thank you and we make sure we say sir and ma'am we have to make sure our hands are in our lap we have to make sure we say excuse me when we pass people and no other culture has to say fucking excuse me like that shit blows my mind but okay we have to make sure that when we go into a store that we touch something, we put it back exactly how, how it was before. We have to make sure um, when we go into a restaurant that we wait to be seated, that we sit correctly, that we order our food the right way, that we say words the right way. We have to make sure that um, we represent our parents in the best light. We have to make sure that we represent our, um, you know, partners, our wives, our husbands in the best light. We have to make sure that we make a good impression for the next black or brown skinned person coming through the door. That's a lot of fucking pressure that a black man walks around with on this earth. That a black woman walks around with on this earth because everybody is always looking at us to fuck up. 
everybody is always looking at a brown skinned person to mess up, to do what we thought, to do what the news said, to do what the newspaper said, to do what the stigma say. They're always looking at us to mess up. And most of the time, yes, a lot of people who are not knowledgeable about what this world wants us to do or how this world wants us to fail, we fall into the trap and we fail. And they benefit off of us. Financially, mentally, emotionally, education-wise, they benefit off of us. But let me get back to the value of a black man because I could go off on hella tangents. Um, the value of a black man is based upon stereotypes. Um, the black man is undermined uh, by his lack of support for the efforts that he puts in. Uh, a lot of people assume black men to be lazy or, oh, he looks like he's quote-unquote up to something. They... Um, and when I say they, I'm speaking of people with privilege that don't have to be respectful to other people. People with privilege that don't have to say excuse me when they want to get through or pass you. People with privilege that don't have to stand in the same line that everybody else is standing. They can cut in front of the line. People with privilege to buy their way out of um, their faults, to buy their way out of their crimes to afford a way out of their duties as citizens that should be paying taxes. Those people are they, okay? Um, A black man is assumed to be either on drugs, has drugs, or he likes to drink or he's a drunk. Um, black men are looked at to be dumb and not educated properly. We're looked at to be violent. Um, black men are looked at to be incapable of being good people. Black men are looked at as always being, you know, good entertainers, good at sports, but not good enough for any other culture's, uh, likeness or women or families. Um, black men are looked at as not to be good parents or have good parents or have parents that are well-educated. Black men are looked at as not to be good fathers. And that's why I stress, I stress my thank yous, my I appreciate you, my, um, father day, um, acknowledgments to fathers who really show up in their kids' lives. Because there's not a lot of flat fathers who are brown in the United States or in other countries who show up in children's lives like they should. So I make a point to always reach out to my brothers, my cousins, my friends, um, my exes who are great fathers to let them know that I do appreciate you as a father. I do see you. I do understand the struggles and the challenges that you face in order to do things for your children, but I appreciate you. Um, black men are looked at to be aggressive. Black men are looked at to be insensitive to other people. Black men are always looked at to be guilty first. 
without a shadow of a doubt before being presumed innocent. Um, black men are the least likely to be apologized to when someone was in the wrong. Um, and black men are looked at to be shields for other people during negative moments. So let's say um, you want a security. They look for the biggest, blackest man. All right. And if they can't find the biggest, blackest man, we take... Um, the biggest foreigner. And if that's not an option, we'll take the biggest white person we can find to shield us from strangers, uh, threats. Um, black men are looked at as to be guilty if they carry firearms. Black men, even though they go about it the right way to have the right documentation, are always um, cuffed first and questioned later. Um, black men are looked at as ain't no way in hell you could afford what you're trying to pick up. So I don't know why you're here. Uh, when we want to purchase things that are expensive or high end or other cultures presumed to be out of our reach or we can afford, we're always told what the price is when we're looking at something or we're always told, um, how limited of an item that is when we're just looking at it. When another culture could come in and just look and they could browse and they could pick up and they could touch and they could try on. And they're never told the price unless they're, they ask the price. Like there's a lot of disgusting treatment that black men get living in America that always shows what value we are. But we're always needed. Black men are sexualized and sexually loved and exploited. Movies, shows, commercials, um, in society, uh, for marketing. Uh, black men have a great value in the household because a black man in a household that's healthy, that's happy, that's... Um, on a good positive vibration is rare. It's so fucking rare that when you see it, people automatically, they fish for, okay, what's the gossip? What's wrong with um, your relationship? Or what dirt are they doing? Like we can never see a black man uh, living his best life, providing for his family, being able, having nice things, and have a nice thing to say about him and his family. We have to assume or portray or push a uh, story that, oh, he must be cheating, or he must be um, getting drug money, or there's no way that he could afford that straight. It must be least. Like, it's always something negative. It's always something negative being pushed when you see a man uh, positively contributing to his household. And black men are blackballed when they do things the right way in society, which is something that really pushes black men to go against the grain and do things probably a legal way. Because every time they try to do it the legal way, nobody wants to give them a chance. You could have... 
90K cash to, for a business property. And then you can have this someone that works for the city dragging their feet on the coding for the uh, zip code for that property. And until they give you the proper uh, zip code for that property, that property cannot be sold to you. But you're ready. You have your money in place. You have your paperwork in place and you're sitting there. Months and months and months and months and months can go by until that property is just like not in the time frame of what business you have to do. So you have to let it go. You know how many people get passed up being able to buy something, but maybe the city won't come do what the fuck they supposed to do. Maybe another person won't come sign the paperwork so you can move on to your next thing. It's a lot of fucking challenges that come against a black man living in America. So when you see one doing things the right way, and grinding and getting his hands dirty and coming home tired and waking up early and being exhausted. Be more like observant, be more appreciative, uh, be kind. Like I said, good morning to six black men today on purpose. That's it. Was it no number exchanged? Wasn't no, uh, can you do this for me? Was it nothing like that acknowledgement? Some black men wake up hella early in the fucking morning, grind, work hard all fucking day, pay bills while they working, be tired as shit, probably didn't eat breakfast, probably don't have a good lunch, go home probably don't have a good meal and wake up and do it again the next day and nobody fucking greets them or acknowledges them at work, on their way to work, or from work. It's like little things that you can do to help a a black man or a brown-skinned man have a little bit more light throughout their day. And I think it's up to all of us to contribute something good to that. Black men are always forced to be forgiving of everybody's shit when it comes to living in this world, not just America, living in this world when they're done wrong. Oh, be forgiving. Oh, you know, things happen. Oh, you know, but we got to forgive. The Lord said we got to forgive. Listen, I'm not the most religious person on earth. I'm not saying there's not a, um, a God. I'm not saying there's not uh, or your Jesus doesn't exist. I'm just saying that's not my basis on how I go about and what I do on this earth. It's not. I don't read a Bible every day. Um, the way I look at a Bible is I look at, at it like a newspaper. It's a book that's written, published, and super over-published and produced by imperfect human beings. And there's so many different versions of a Bible that 
Anybody can put whatever they want in it. Maybe those events did happen in time, right? I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying it's completely right. And I'm not saying it's the truth. Nothing else could be outside of that book. I'm just saying I don't live by a book dictating and telling me what is what. I will listen. I would um, take in. But I'm still going to have my own thoughts around what is. And respectfully, I feel like everybody should have that right. Like I was at work the other day and um, this lady asked me if I liked the stockings she picked. I'm just like, oh, those are cool. I just don't like stockings. And then another um, customer was like, oh, I usually wear stockings to church. I was like, well, I never liked stockings. And if I did go to church, I probably would wear it. And then somebody else butts in and is like, oh, you should go. Like, who are you to dictate what I should believe and where I should go? Because you go. I feel like if you want to go into a church... Whatever church you pick, that's your business. But until I feel like I need to go or I want to be there, I shouldn't be there because I don't I don't do anything half-ass. I don't love half-ass. I don't put in my effort half-ass. I don't do projects half-ass. I don't um care about people half-ass. I don't do shit half-ass. So until I can fully dedicate my mind and my emotions and my uh, thoughts to being open to church and what comes with that, I can't be in there. And I won't do it for anybody else. I won't do it for my mom. I won't do it for my kids. I have to do it for me first so I could be better for everybody else around me. And I think anybody that really has a strong belief about whatever religion they follow that gives them peace, I feel like anyone that um, finds peace through prayer, you should keep doing it. If you find peace in going to church, you should keep going. If you find peace in reading your Bible, you should keep going. But the value of a black man, it can't all be, oh, everybody gets to treat you like shit, but it's okay. You should forgive because the Lord said forgive. And you should, like, continue to do for people that don't value you, that don't respect you, that don't love you, because that's what the Lord did. To me, whoever created this earth, whatever um, special being or person or power that created this life is so beyond... It's so beyond what anyone can think of that I don't think that sort of pressure should be put on a black man every time uh, the world does him wrong. I think we need to 
Every, every time the world shows a black man that he's not worth anything, we need to show him his worth. Okay? And I don't know where you are. I don't know who's listening. But I just hope that if you know a black man and you appreciate a black man and you love a black man and you could do something nice for a black man, do it today. And then find another black man tomorrow and do it. And then maybe the next day you find three black men and you do something nice for them. But the only way we're going to combat like the shit that black men really go through and there's a lot of black men that's being worked and and they need help and they don't know how to talk to people and nobody's really talking to them and nobody's checking on them and nobody's asking if they okay. Ask him if he's okay. Hug him, call him and and tell him that you love him and tell him why you appreciate him. Do something on that level to fight all the negativity that they get, all the challenges that they get. Just to give them like an ounce of uh, belief that they're doing something right. That, oh, this day is not that horrible. Oh, I really appreciated this moment in the day because somebody did this for me. Do that, please. Because there's this narrative and this this book of lies and this picture being painted of what it is to be a black man on this earth and it's wrong. It's not true. And I think everybody needs to see what it what the value of a black man is when he's combating all this shit I talked about. And he's still doing for people. And he's still showing up. And he's still trying. And he's still pushing. And I'm not saying black men don't do anything negative. And I'm not saying black men don't need improvement. And I'm not saying black men don't need to be talked to or taught. I'm just saying that are we giving them a fair space to be better? Is someone showing up in their lives and showing them a way to be better? Are they given the chances to be better? Are they given the opportunities to leave a negative environment and to to go to a new environment to start over to be better? And if that's a no, I don't think the black man is ever going to be better unless we give him those opportunities, period. And those are my thoughts on the black men. And I I love, I love men, period. I think a man is a man because he needs to be a man. And I think a woman is a woman because she needs to be a woman. And I don't think there are things that, um, that society says only a man can do that only a man can do. And I don't think there's things in society that they say a woman can do that only a woman can do. I think there's lots of things that we can do together, but I think black men lack a lot of support from everybody on earth, every culture, every race, um, where they need support. 
They need to know that there's another race that really doesn't really uh, live my life, but they understand my challenges. And I think once we could do that, they will, they will be better off. I, I believe that. I believe. And I just hope that people really um, change their perspective and really think about life or what it is to have a day as a black man. Just, to, just so they can see and understand the anxiety and the fear and the, oh, I got to have my head on a swivel every day because somebody, you know, could do this or somebody could assume this and, and just end my life right here because they're quote unquote scared. And this is why I'm scared to raise a brown boy. And I think if it was ever a time where any, like, brown man that I love, that I care for, that's in my life, that I respect was ever harmed, killed, murdered, missing, y'all better lock me the fuck up. Because I am a murderer suspect, okay? I am guilty, okay? I swear, it better not be nobody I know. Like, it could never be my brother. It could never be my nephew. It could never be some brown man that I love, that I care about, that's done dirty. And I'm just sitting over there here hoping and wishing and just praying. <laughs> whatever whatever Lord is out there that's supposed to be working on me, he's still working on me. So just be careful around mine. But uh, please just be nice and courteous to any brown men you see throughout the day and just show them that everybody ain't everybody. And show them that, like, you're not looking at them in a negative sense and you appreciate what they do and you appreciate how they show up in the world, period. That's all, folks. If you enjoyed today's episode, cool. Please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or leave a voicemail on Anchor. If you did not enjoy today's episode, don't worry. There's more to come. (laughs) Bye.